Hi everyone, welcome back to the greatest podcast in the world, Culture Bucket, episode number 67, our 2022 performance review, uh, actors that have been impressing us, etc, discussed today in today's episode, along with uh, plenty of culture catch-up, and um, we'll have a little look over how our Oscar predictions from last time went, um, that'll be fun yeah. to discuss. Uh, so, how are you today, Alex? I'm great, <clears throat> I'm great. Thank you very much. Uh, better than last week. Uh, sorry we missed an episode, but uh, I was uh, sick. But now I'm slightly better. So I'm good. How are you doing, George? Uh, pretty good. Pretty tired and busy and manic at the moment, but uh, hopefully going to rest soon. So it's fine. It's all fine. Yeah, you've got holidays um, soon. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Well then, shall we get, shall we, shall we do some culture catch-up? Yeah, definitely. This is culture catch-up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. So uh, I'm uh, going to start today. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, three films, and I have an album recommendation. Nice. Yeah. So, after realising that I hadn't watched any films with Andrew Garfield, I thought, ah, I'll give a, uh, Andrew Garfield films a go. It's weird, because it's, it's one of those actors that you see everywhere, but I, I, I don't know why I haven't watched any of his films. So, I watched um, Oscar... Uh, no, it's not an Oscar-nominated. I watched uh, the film The Eyes of Tammy Faye, a 2021 film. Oh, yeah. Yep, with uh, Jessica Chastain uh, and uh, Andrew Garfield. And it's a biopic, which uh, which is based on a documentary, actually, uh, by, by the same name, which I didn't know. And uh, it tells the story of Tammy Faye Baker, which is played by Jessica Chastain, and from her uh, from when she was a kid, uh, when she wasn't allowed in a church because she was a daughter of divorced parents, uh, growing up and meeting this uh, Jim Baker, played by Andrew Garfield, and uh, them starting a television church and a controversial television church uh where uh they most of them are yes uh and the rise and the fall of uh, this television church couple and uh and the corruption that uh these these television churches were in i thought i thought it was a it's a really interesting film because i didn't know anything about it I didn't realize that television churches were a thing. Uh, I guess in America, anything goes. I don't know if you have them in England. Yeah, we don't really have it in the UK, particularly. Yeah, it's it's an interesting film and uh, really 
really interesting to watch. Uh, Jessica Chastain uh, won an Oscar uh, for her portrayal of Tammy Faye, and I think uh, she deserved it um, in the in with her in the category she was in um, with the actors she was with. And I thought I thought it was uh, it was great, uh, great makeup in the film and uh, an interesting uh, tale. And the the film is called The Eyes of Tammy Faye and it doesn't really um what I I liked about it it didn't really go too much into the detail of the controversies of uh, her husband's controversies or the um the, what the church was doing wrong so I quite liked the fact that it was just about Tammy Faye and uh, how she mm. lived and then I researched a little bit about her and she seemed like a just a really genuinely nice person uh which loved everyone but I'm not sure if it was an act or not but um she seemed like genuinely lovely she was um supportive of any community uh, as long as they were happy so I think that was she was preaching and I think her husband was a little bit different from her um Andrew Garfield is incredible in this film he uh completely um managed to embody um Jim Baker so I thought it was uh really really good um I I enjoyed it and then uh after that uh, I watched a film a 2021 film which is another biopic uh called tick tick boom directed by oh, that's also got andrew yeah garfield. yeah because i want to watch more andrew garfield because i think i i i think he's a you know after time Faye, i was like hmm, i like him and then i watched tick tick boom and uh directed by lin-manuel miranda and is um based on the stage musical by the same name, Tick, Tick, Boom, which uh, was uh, written and performed by Jonathan Larson and is uh, an autobiographical story mm-hmm. about Larson uh, writing this uh, uh, writing this biography about him trying to enter into the uh, musical theatre industry. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew Garfield plays uh, Larson and uh, and uh, and also in this film there is Vanessa Hudgens, which I haven't seen in a while in a film that I want I would like to watch. So <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, yeah yeah and uh, it's uh, it's basically uh, the story of him is trying to get into musical theatre and the difficulties of it and uh, the prejudice of it and uh, how art doesn't pay and how hard it is to make it in this industry and is acted beautifully by Andrew Garfield. He's incredible in it. And I went in a film thinking, oh no, Lin-Manuel Miranda. But I thought... (laughs) He's a it was is a great directorial debut by uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. It's really really good. It's really, it's it's a couple of hours this film, but it flows and it's really kind of like it it, it took some risks, and it worked really well, uh, because Jonathan Larson seemed to be like a, a, an interesting mind. I think what Lin Manuel Miranda managed to make was an interesting concept between, um. Uh, dream and reality 
And I really, mm. really liked that. And I thought it was a great, um, really, really good film. I enjoyed it. I hate musicals. No, that's a strong word. I am not a massive fan of musicals because I feel mm. that it doesn't make sense that somebody would just stop and sing. But this made sense that they would just go singing because he's a musical theatre kid and he... I don't know. I, 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 I enjoyed it and uh, I was amazed by this film. I really, really liked it. Ticked. And I'm, I don't know how it wasn't nominated as Best Picture in the Oscars. Um, no, considering Don't Look Up got nominated. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's too late. <clears throat> 2021? No, no, it's fine. Yeah. No, no, because Andrew Garfield got nominated. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, I think... Well, we'll discuss it later, but definitely on in par with Benedict Cumberbatch in that uh, in that category. Um, amazing, he was. It, and I watched um the Eyes of Tommy Faye and Tick Tick Boom uh, one night after the other, and the fact that Andrew Garfield is so versatile with his body and his face. Uh, it, in this film, he was amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Tick, Tick, Boom. And I, I now want to, would like to watch Rent, which is, uh, this, um, uh, the musical that, uh, Jonathan Larson wrote. And unfortunately he died before he could see it on stage, which is horrific. Uh, yeah. but uh, I would like to see it because if this is kind of the kind of musicals that he makes, I think uh, those are the kind of musicals I like. So I thought I definitely would recommend Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, real surprise. Um, real great film. Mm. Yeah. And then, uh, carrying on with my, uh, I keep watching films that somehow were uh, related to the Oscars. I watched, uh, a 2021 film uh, called Spencer. Uh, uh yes. With, um, uh, Kristen <clears throat> Stewart and yes. other people. <laughs> And this is kind of like a uh, historical uh, fiction. Uh, it's not. Uh, uh, it's not supposed to be about the reality. And in fact, at the beginning of the film, it says this is a fable of uh, what does it say at the beginning? Well, I don't remember, but it, yeah, it's it's very much an interpretation of what might have happened yeah. during a certain yeah yeah period of time yeah. So um uh, and so it um. It uh, follows uh, Diana Spencer uh, on uh, from uh, Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve until the day after yeah. uh, until Boxing Day, and uh, mm -hmm. and with all the family, the Queen, Charles, her, her uh, well, William, and uh, Harry. And uh, the Philip, don't forget Philip. Uh, Philip, yeah, he's still alive then. And uh, the psychological um, anguish that she's having being in this family where everything has to be a certain way and nothing ever changes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, it's the last. It's the last Christmas she spent with them. I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I think so. At, yeah. At Sandringham. Yeah, and she's having real difficulties uh, being watched and uh, following certain things. And um, 
yeah. Um, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart is really good in it. I thought it was great. She's uh, really good in this film. And uh, her, she, she captured the mannerisms, um, her, her, her accent, and I thought she was really great. Um, I mm. thought that the con, I thought, I thought the idea of the film was really interesting because they kind of made it into a thriller, kind of psychological thriller yeah. where she's suffering and, um, and like inspired by The Shining. A lot. Yeah, yeah, and like with like the the music, uh, what well, the 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 score is written by uh, Johnny Greenwood, and uh, really daunting and really kind of the film is quite scary. The only problem is that I had with this film is because it's real, real, like they're real people. I mm. felt really. I was thinking why I couldn't get myself saying, but this is not real. This is not how it happened. It's just kind of like sometimes the problems that you have with a biopic. I know it's not supposed to be a biopic. It's just supposed to be uh, an interpretation of what might have happened. But unfortunately, in my head, I couldn't divide myself from the real people and how it's not reality, trying to portray reality. You know what I mean? But it's probably more accurate to the real events than the eyes of Tammy Faye, so. Yeah, but I think because the eyes of Tammy Faye were so of... costumey and so uh, kind of grandiose and you kind of, it felt more like a show, uh, Tammy Faye. I guess. But, and also I just Tammy mean that Faye... like films that call themselves biopics mm. are never accurate and always change events. And I must respect Spencer more for just admitting up front that it's just an interpretation. One yeah, yeah, I guess. Of what might but have Tammy, went down, if that makes sense. Yeah, Tammy Faye though, what came from a documentary, so it's kind of slightly realistic of what might have happened. Um, but I don't know, like I, I, because I couldn't, I, I thought it was it, it was a good idea, and I think it was, you know, I think Kristen Stewart is amazing in it. Uh, I, I think, I think if it had been maybe. Not exactly the same people, uh, but maybe like uh, maybe use different names and created a different reality. But knowing that these are the people, maybe I would have in not. I don't know. I don't know what I felt after. I was just like I. I didn't see the point of reliving this when we don't know that if it's real or not. Even if it's not real, I don't know. Maybe because it's just the, the the royal family, and every time I watch something about the royal family, I'm I'm already kind of bored from the start. And so maybe this was, I was like, ah, oh, but it's another interpretation about what have happened. And I know it's kind of, and I think if it would have been like a diff, different names, different royal family, kind of yeah, inspired by that, but different, maybe I would have um, appreciated it more. But yeah, it's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I liked it for the reasons you didn't like it and wouldn't like it if it was a different names and stuff, so mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the last thing is, uh, I've got an album recommendation. Um, uh, I found this Japanese band, which I really, really enjoy. I haven't got much information about them. So all I can say is uh, I've been listening to this album uh, by a band called Bray hyphen me uh from shizuoka japan mm -hmm. and i i can't say much mm -hmm. about who they are <laughs> because i can't find much information uh but it's a uh, four piece uh all uh female uh all females uh <laughs> yes and uh, they uh they've released uh only a couple they've been active since 2008 but they've only released a couple of albums and um and I've been listening to their latest release uh, to 2019 called Grace Note. And all I can say is that I really enjoy them. Uh, uh, it's It feels like um, kind of uh, early noughties uh, rock, uh, that rock that you kind of feel mm. like you go, uh, you are, it's your first day in school and everything is going to go well. And they kind of, if you, uh, one of my favorite bands is Radwimps. Uh, they're kind of like, kind of a female, uh, female, more rocky side of Radwimps. So they're really fun, uh, mm. really cool to watch. They, they, their videos are really fun. And so, yeah, that's my album recommendation. If you fancy listening to some Japanese uh, rock. Uh, Bray. How do you how do you spell the name? B R A Y hyphen me M E. Oh, there they are, Bray me. Cool. I will. I will. I will look them up. Sometimes here they don't have the hyphen. Yeah. And sometimes I do. Yeah. Apparently mm. they're also known cool. as Brave Jackass and Meme. In a way, sure. I could I could see them in uh, being played during a Jackass film or episode. Right. That that kind of music and uh, I really enjoy them. So Cool. I like it. I'll look it up. I'll check it out. Thank you. Cool. And that's it for my culture cachapo. How awesome. about you, G? Um, what have you been exploring this beautiful <clears throat> week? Two weeks. Uh, a few things, a few films. I've got five that I'm going to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we can, uh, we can, yeah, that that'll be what I'll do right now. Is those five? Yeah. Um, oh, and also uh, the first episode of Moon Knight was really good. I watched. <gasps> that. I've watched that as well. Oh yeah, what do you think? Oh, I forgot, but. <laughs> So good. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Let's talk about it now, quickly. Sorry, I completely forgot about it. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, what did you what did you expect going in? I I don't know what I expected because I, I felt it was gonna be really confusing. And I'm confused already. <laughs> um but I I don't know. It's really well done because I He's he's kind of uh, introduces this guy. What I liked about it introduces uh, this uh, Stephen, who is played by Oscar Isaac, and it's a nice build up from the beginning till the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, is a really nice build up that you 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 every every 
time something gets added every time he wakes up or every time he falls asleep something gets added until the last shot in the bathroom yeah uh in in the in the museum and you go oh wow it, it's really well done and i i'm i'm i was sad that i couldn't watch the next episode straight away on I disney know. plus yeah i was i uh, was like what why is it on netflix <laughs> <laughs> why can i not watch it uh so um and i thought oscar isaac's accent was pretty spot on like what his London accent? Good. You're like you thought he was doing a good little old uh, cheeky nah, London I thought, accent. Nah, that is that his accent is much better than yours. Nah, my accent's nah. pretty good. No, his accent was good. I liked. I think. I. I think it was. Just, I like his accent, know. but it, nobody sounds like that in, in reality. But I think that's the point. When was the last time you went to London? Uh, Come on, pretty re- in the last few years. <laughs> Come on, people speak like that in London. No, no, they, no, they don't. No, people speak like that and, on TV uh, I, in London. And uh, what Ethan Hawke does with his feet made me want to vomit. Um, it, yeah, I didn't. I was thought that was interesting because it's it's almost. I mean, it's not copying because it's been done in other things. But there's a scene in the movie Saint Maud, which is my favorite film of the of two years ago. I think. Uh, where yeah. the character in that does something similar and it's filmed. I thought it was really interesting where in, in St. Maud they film it in such a way where it made me feel sick. And I thought that oh. in the Marvel thing they filmed it in a way that made it a bit more palatable for people. It didn't make it didn't feel as sickening as in uh, St. Maud. Well, it did feel sickening to me because I was like... Aah! What did you think of uh, the first episode? Yeah, I really liked it. I've read a lot of the Moonlight comics over the past couple of months because uh, I thought the characters seemed pretty interesting and I've really enjoyed diving into the comic books. And this seems like... Oh, what I've, what I've realised from reading the comics is that everyone who writes a Moonlight comic seems to have a different interpretation of what the character is. So there's no like one set thing that it has to be. Mm. Uh, which leaves mm. them a lot of room to kind of come up with their own ideas, and it feels like they are doing that because I think the the he's got all these different identities, and the one I think Steve is the guy in the gift yeah, shop. Steve. Whereas in the comic books, yeah. that identity is like a billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne sort of riff. Okay. So they've made they've changed that and made him into sort of a hapless gift shop employee in London. But um, I think it works. I like it, and I love the sequence where he wakes up in that field in. I don't know. Oh yeah, Austria, Sweden. Yeah. Where is he? Somewhere. Oh, pff, who knows? <laughs> and, um, who knows? Uh, ends up in that little village where Ethan Hawke's doing his strange thing, and um, yeah. then they have that car chase. And the idea that he keeps every time he falls asleep, he wakes up and having done something really violent that you don't get to see as the audience until uh, the very end. Yeah. Is, um, yeah. It's pretty great. I'm looking forward to watching more of it. I can't wait. And, yeah. Um, there's a load of like, oh, but Disney Plus is not our friend. No, you can't no. just binge watch, binge watch it. I know I mean, it's it's sad, but uh, no, it's good, man. Yeah, looking forward to seeing more of it. Um, but uh, mo- moving along, moving right along to a film that we have talked about on here because we've watched the trailer together for My Tube, and I know that you're excited mm. to see it eventually. Yeah. I went to see the film, the 2022 movie, The Lost City. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, starring Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Devine Joy, Brad Pitt, etc., etc. Um, if you've seen, if you've been to cinema in the past year, you'll have seen the trailer for this film. It follows um, romance adventure novelist 
Loretta Sage as she is um, kidnapped by billionaire, um, eccentric billionaire, Abigail Fairfax, uh, played by Daniel Radcliffe, who is determined to find... Oh. The... Abigail Fairfax. Abigail Fairfax. There's a joke about okay. his name being weird in the film. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, kidnaps Loretta because he's determined to find the lost city of D, and he believes that mm. her latest ro- romance adventure novel can uh, hold the key to um, discovering the location of the lost city of D. And her cover model <clears throat> for all her books... Uh, Alan, played by Channing Tatum, as a sort of big, dumb uh, doofus who you can't kind of help but root for, uh, decides that it's his his responsibility to go and rescue her. So he calls in some... Fa- he calls in a favour from um, a much more famous face and they head off into the jungle to rescue Sandra Bullock. And um, oh. it's very much a... I guess, I guess the main thing it's a riff on is a film I haven't seen, uh, Romance in the Stone, with Michael Douglas oh, yeah. and Kathleen Turner. Oh, okay. I think it's literally sort of a soft remake, reboot of that idea. But then also, okay. you know, is a general, generally in the vein of films like Jumanji or mm. um, Indiana Jones, obviously. And um, it's had better reviews than you might expect from a big budget studio comedy. It's been fairly well received by people and I really enjoyed it as well. It's pretty... It gets by a lot on the charisma of its leads, particularly Channing Tatum and Sandra yeah. Bullock, who are very, very funny together and work really well together. Daniel Radcliffe is pretty funny as the bad guy, although he doesn't get that much mm. play in the movie. And um, mm. it sort of doesn't do anything that's going to shock or surprise you particularly, but by the end, you've had a thoroughly good, entertaining couple of hours. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would recommend people check out The Lost City. It's not going to change your life, but um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's fun. And, um, oh, and Patty Harrison, who plays a few characters in uh, I Think You Should Leave, the greatest TV show ever made, uh, is, in, <laughs> is in this for about five minutes. And she's hilarious in every line she has is, is, is hilarious, as you would expect, from the woman who got uh, sewn into the Charlie, Ban- Charlie Brown pants at the fair. So, yeah. <laughs> It's good. It's good. It's really Amazing. good. I liked it. I like Lost City. I really City. want to watch it. Yeah, you should go and see yeah. it. Definitely go and watch it. Um, then, uh, it's, it's big films being released at the moment. I went to see the 2022 movie uh, directed by no one, Jeff Fowler, whoever that is, who cares? Um, <laughs> no one. <laughs> it's one of those movies That's where... Rude. It, it, it is rude, but it doesn't matter who directed this film. It is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing you haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog 1, have you? Of course not. No. Uh, no. In the long tradition of um, video game movies being terrible, Sonic the Hedgehog 1 broke tradition and was actually pretty great. I really liked Sonic the Hedgehog 1. Uh, ben Schwartz, who is fantastic as Jean Ralphio on Parks and Recreation, is a mm. very good voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. And Jim Carrey is back to being his sort of 90s self. You're sort of shaking your head at Jim Carrey there. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can you can go and eat, eat, a, eat a pillow. Really? Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I like I like him, I like him. Uh, he was very good in the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So I had a lot of hopes and dreams for for Sonic the Hedgehog two, uh, because Sonic the Hedgehog one was brilliant, and then they were promising to introduce Knuckles, the echidna, of course, ah. iconic character, 
and ta- Tails the Fox, who can spin his tails, be a little helicopter, uh, were coming in <laughs> to this second movie. And um, it's, I mean, it follows the adventures of, the, the movie opens with Sonic still living with his human friend, who's played by James Marsden, whose name doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and very quickly, James Marsden and his wife go to Hawaii to attend the wedding of his sister-in-law and leave Sonic home alone, at which point Dr. Robotnik finds his way back to Earth, having been banished in the, at the end of the last movie, and uh, brings with him Knuckles the Echidna and uh, attacks Sonic in an attempt to get, find out where the Master Emerald is hidden, which will give the bearer unlimited power, etc. And uh, Dr. Robotnik is fairly keen on gaining access to that. And um, the movie sort of veers for the first half between following the adventures of Sonic and Tails as they try to outwit uh, Dr. Robotnik and find the Emerald, and then it will occasionally remember that James Marsden is in the movie and then for 10 (laughs) minutes it will show them just a load of humans at a wedding in Hawaii and it's hard to know quite why that bit of the movie exists because the whole film, I mean, this is a kid's film. I saw this in a movie that was packed with like young children in a screening. Uh, How long do you think think Sonic the Hedgehog 2 should be? 90 minutes. It's just over two hours long. Oh my God. God. Yeah, and why? there's definitely twenty to twenty five minutes worth of like Hawaiian wedding scenes that you could take out the movie and it would be absolutely fine. So it's too long, which is unfortunate. Jim Carrey has turned the energy up um even higher than he had it in the first movie, and unfortunately it doesn't quite work in my opinion. He's not as good in this as he is in the first one, which is a pity. Um but Ben Schwartz is still really good. Idris Elba, surprisingly, is pretty good as the voice of Knuckles, uh, which was weird. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, really strange. Because uh, yeah. he's not even really putting on a voice. He just sounds like Idris Elba coming out the voice of this like little red um, echidna Amazing. anteater thing. Yeah. Uh, and Kalino Shaughnessy. It's also interesting they went with a celebrity voice actor for Knuckles and then Tails they hired... Clean O'Shaughnessy, who's quite iconically voice the voice of the character in like the recent video games. So they went for like mm. the the game accurate voice for her or for Tails. And um she does a really good job. And um it, I, it's okay. I gave it, I think, three and a half stars in Letterboxd. It's too long. There's an extent there's mm. like a dance sequence where Sonic and Knuckles do a dance to Uptown Funk, which is you know, it's a kids' film. It has. To, I guess they're going to have a dance sequence in there, but it's it's not necessary. Um, but there's also yeah. some pretty good uh, little Easter eggs for you know video game fans like me. Um, there's a uh, there's a bit okay. where Sonic ends up un- underwater, and if you've played Sonic the Hedgehog two, the game, you'll know what you want Sonic to do when he goes underwater, and he does it. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that. Um, up next. Up next, let's see what's up next. Yes, of course it is. Um, our long national nightmare, international nightmare, is finally over. The necessity to see a trailer for the movie Morbius every time you go to oh. the cinema for the last year is finally oh. over because the movie... Yep. My Dr. Michael Morbius, the vampire, is here. He's here. Yeah. He's arrived. He yeah. is um, present in cinemas. Great. I went to see him. I met I, yeah. I met Morbius, Jared Leto's, um, you know, 
latest attempt to uh, enter the superhero genre after he ruined the Joker in um, the, the, yeah. the couple of things he did the Joker in. Um, here he's playing Dr. Michael Morbius, a man with a rare blood disease who uh, needs to have his oil changed three times a day, is his, how he describes it. He needs like regular blood transfusions to stay alive. So he's trying to find a cure to his disease. Uh, at the start of the movie, he wins the Nobel Prize for medicine and he gives it back because he's not been able to cure himself. So he rejects it, which upsets his girlfriend. Um, because, you know, if you, yeah. if you get given the Nobel Prize, you should accept it. And... Um, his his childhood best friend, uh, whose name is I don't know Lucius or Mal- Milo or something, is played by Matt Smith, who is debasing himself in this movie, uh, by actually trying, unlike anyone else, um, and he's also suffering from the same. Matt blood Smith, disease. Uh, Doctor Who. Yes, Matt, Matt Smith. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, He's good in this because he's good in everything he does. I really like Matt Smith. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. He always seems to end up in bad movies. He was in one of the Terminator films being, you know, misused. And again, he's misused in this as a sort of mirror image version of Morbius. So Dr. Michael Morbius, he gets a bat, he drinks the bat, and then he becomes a Batman, but not Batman, a vampire guy. Um, he, 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 he has the urge to drink human blood to keep himself uh, from becoming too much of a monster. However, he has also invented artificial blood, we're told pretty early on in the movie, so he has these blue packs of, like, blue blood that's artificial, and he can drink that, and it will stop him from going evil. But then they're becoming less... Like, at the start of the movie, when he drinks it, he can be a human for six hours, and then four hours, and he's like, oh, eventually I'm going to run out of blue... Is the blue stuff is going to stop working. I'm going to have to drink real blood. So he's trying to deal with that. And that could potentially be an interesting movie, but because it's a comic book movie made by Sony Pictures particularly, there mm. has to be a bad guy for him to like punch in the face. So that's why Matt Smith's there, who gives himself the oh. same. We don't know how he manages it, but he gets the same cure and turns into a vampire guy. But he's a bit more like, I'll, I'll kill people and drink their blood. That's fine. I'll be a vampire dude. Um, so they have a fight. And you could predict all of this from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and then it's the end of the movie. Oh. This is not a movie. So n- so nothing really exciting. It's ba- it's almost it, it almost isn't a movie. It barely it barely the the opening credit sequence is great. It looks like something from Manhunter or something. It looks like a 1980s Michael Mann movie. And then the closing mm. credit sequence is also great, similar kind of cool retro aesthetic. And then everything that happens in between the opening and closing credit sequence is terrible and some of the worst movie I've ever seen. And partly it's because, like, a lot of the a lot of the performances are fine. Like, Jared Leto ultimately is, like, he, is, he does know how to act. I don't like him, but he is capable of acting in a movie and he's definitely capable of acting in this movie. So he's sort of fine. Matt Smith is great and is sort of great in this, but b- despite not having anything to do, um, Jared Harris is in this and is fine in it. But like, there's nothing for anyone in it to do. There's no film here. The the the, the movie doesn't exist. It's appalling. It's as it's as bad. <laughs> That's the word you're going to use. Appalling. It's appalling. It's as bad as I expected it to be, and that might mm. you know. But everyone doesn't like this movie. I'm not. I'm not on my own on this. This is, and it also has, and I was confused before it came out because one of the f- the first set of reactions to it were the post credit scenes were bad, and I remember thinking, how could a post credit scene be bad? 
the post credit scenes are just like a little hint at what might come in the future. Like it's not good or bad, it just is. Um, yeah. But no, they're bad. They're really bad. They're terrible. They're the worst. They're they're confusing and nonsensical and stupid and like you watch the entire movie and nothing happens and then the post credit scenes promise a further continuation of nothing happening in movies in the future and it's just mm. appalling appalling uh dr michael morbius uh, i'm i'm rescinding your medical license but it's fine alex yeah because doc- dr michael morbius the vampire man is not the worst film i've seen in a cinema recently Oh wow! Because oh, I, what's the worst? I quite recently went to see the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life in a cinema. Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay. Because I went to the cinema to watch a movie called, and you might not know what I'm talking about. It's a movie called the Nan movie. The Nan. The Nan movie. Like Nana's grandma. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, do you know that? Do you know the nan? No. But the nan is no. the nan's iconic. Surely you know the nan. Do I? Yeah, she's Should she's I? famous. She's an iconic character. The nan. Are you sure? Tell me if you've heard of this person before. Yeah. Caf- I'm gonna write to the nan. No, don't don't spoil it. Okay, okay, I won't. I won't spoil it. Okay. Catherine Tate. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, that nan. <laughs> Why did you go and watch that film? Uh, because it's because you have to watch the nan movie. If they're going to make... The, if they're going to make the nan movie, the nan. You you describe to me what you your what your memory of the nan is. What you know. From, so, so Catherine Tate is a, is a, is a British comedian. Yes, and she does different characters. She and one of indeed. the characters she de- did was this grandma, which was very rude, wasn't she? Oh, like, she was. She was the foul mouthed nan. Yeah, she's really foul mouthed and rude, and that's all I know because I didn't really watch it. Is it was I think it was in the Catherine Tate show. Or that was that was what it was called, the Catherine Tate show. So, okay, so but I, I never watched it really. I I saw snippets of it. So the nan was the breakout character, along with the girl that said, "I'm not bothered." Ah, yeah. Um, from the Catherine Tate show. When was the like they've so the breakout character, really big popular character. Obviously, they've made a movie of the Nan. You have to make a movie when you've got a character that popular. That movie came yeah, out but in twenty 20- was years ago. When do you think like, the Catherine Tate show ago. was on TV? Twenty before. Well, when I still lived in England, so at least ten, fifteen years ago. Two thousand and four. To two thousand and seven was when the nun was when yeah. the Catherine Tate show was on. So it ended yeah, so fifteen, 15 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when it finished. Yeah, I, and um, she revived. What? Do you remember what the nun's big joke was? No. The nun's big joke was uh, telling her grandson, played by Matthew Horn, uh, that he was gay. Oh, I don't. I don't recall that. Yeah, that was pretty much the, the big joke, was that she, okay. she she accused her grandson. Do you think that joke works in 2022? Um, no. Do you think that joke really works in two, 
No, it didn't particularly. No, but no, people people accepted it for some reason in two thousand seven. Do, do you think yeah. do you think that people should know better than to do that joke in two thousand twenty two? Oh, so she did it again uh, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do, do you want to know the okay? Do, do you want to know that the tale of how the Nan movie came to be? Come on, talk okay. to me. So, it it starts with a movie that I think you might have seen called Mary Queen of Scots with Margot Robbie and. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay, but you know of that movie? Yeah. Quite an artistic, well-made kind of, you know, proper yeah, yeah. piece of cinema. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the director of that movie, and you have to excuse me, I do not know her name, but the director of that movie made the Nan movie with Catherine Tate, okay? Okay. And the Nan movie that she made was set in World War Two with Catherine Tate looking how just Catherine Tate looks and was the tale of how the Nan became so bitter uh, and with okay. her, due to her sister stealing the love of her life away and leaving her alone and having and marrying a man that she didn't particularly love in, in place of the, the man she did love. And they made a heartfelt, sweet, funny, little World War Two period comedy thing that was the Nan movie, and they took it to the studio that financed it and said, here is the Nan movie. And the studio said, well, we've seen your Nan movie, and we have one question, where is the Nan? Why is the Nan not in this movie? We we want the Nan to be in the movie. So Catherine Tate had to go away and direct herself a road trip comedy where she drives or is driven by her grandson, Matthew Horne, across the UK to Ireland to meet her long-lost sister. So the movie that we have now is intermittently the worst thing ever made by anyone, the road trip movie, interspersed with occasional flashbacks to what might potentially be a good movie, where we see snippets of the life that she had as a young person in the war. Uh, and then it will it will it will have this kind of well made little bit of period World War Two stuff, and then it will cut back to um, Catherine Tate in old age makeup uh, telling her grandson that he's gay, and then that's and then that continues for an hour and uh, like forty minutes, and then it ends. So it could have been a good movie. The movie, as is, Alex doesn't have a credited director. Oh. It just ends without even saying, so this is why I had to go and see the Nan movie. It's a movie that doesn't, no one has even put their name to it as having directed it, as if it just came to be. The Nan movie appeared before us and we watched it for we were, we were blessed by the Nan. So the concept of a movie was completely different. Yes. It was supposed to be kind of a serious, like, movie about some, but serious, like, not really, but a, a film about a, a sort of sweet this, comedy, yeah, drama, yeah, yeah, and then the, <laughs> and the twist would be here's that this is some pathos here's how and then she became the nan and don't you feel sort of like a bit warmer towards this horrible old woman. Whereas actually now, no, no, I, no, I don't. Oh, 
So she took her name off this film. Nobody's, because... yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's name is on this film. Not even Catherine Tate put her name to the film. It's appalling. Oh, wow. It's, 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 it's astonishingly terrible. But, but why do a film like that when this is not your film? Like, why do... I don't understand. Why... <laughs> why have a film that you want to do and then you go and pitch it and it's finished and why go and change it because the studio said we're not putting this movie out you told us you were making the nan movie and then where is the nan we need the nan give us the nan yeah but they could have like put the nan at the end no they wanted it to be the nan nan all the way through oh i've forgotten to mention the worst part about the movie so when they made Catherine Tate go away and make the road movie part of the movie, which does take up the majority of the film, to be clear, this is the most of the okay. film. They um, clearly didn't give her much of a budget to work with. So there's lots of scenes of her and her grandson in his van. Um, and his van, by the way, on the side, it says, crafting, crafts, undo... Yes, crafts undo negative thoughts. And then when you open when you slide the door of the van open, it obscures all but the first letter of each of those words. So so spell it out in your head. Crafts undo negative thoughts. What would that say? Oh. Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff, right? Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um so there are there are three sequences in the movie I think that are nominally supposed to be action scenes like car chases etc. But they didn't have a budget to do a car chase, so they couldn't film a car chase. So what happens during these moments in the movie is it suddenly becomes an animated film. And by animated film, what I mean is they've got a photograph of the road that takes up the background of the screen, and then they've got Mm. photographs of the lead actors, and they are Mm. being dragged around the screen while the actors are sort of speaking over the top of it. And that happens like three times in the movie. And Mm. it's explained away by, you never see Catherine Tate say this with her mouth, so they must have added this in in post-production. But you hear the nan say, oh, you're an animator, aren't you, grandson? So maybe you could animate these scenes. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. I'm serious. This is in the movie. <laughs> this is a real movie. But... That was put it, put, they put it out into a cinema and they put a poster up on the bus stop. And it says the Nan movie. Sounds great. Mm, it's not great. It's really bad. But I'll stop talking about it now. But you got to watch the Nan movie when it when 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 it presents itself to you, and it will. You have to watch it to see to see mm. what what it is because it's no, nothing else has ever happened that's quite like the Nan movie. Moving on. Did Did you go and watch <laughs> it just because of um? the the weirdness around it uh yeah and because i was a bit like it, they've made a nan movie in 2022 and also i have an i have a free cinema card for, it's not free i pay for it but i can see as many films as i want every month so i was like i might as well go and see it's not going to cost me any extra money to see the nan movie so i'll go and see the nan movie because then i can tell alex all about it <laughs> I'm glad you had me in your mind when you watched that. The Nan movie. Um, yeah. 
And I've chosen to talk today about the Nan movie instead of, say, Phantom of the Open, which is a very good film that I'm not talking about today because I wanted to talk about the Nan movie instead. Okay, um, fantastic. Uh, but last film I'm going to talk about quite quickly uh, because I just want to bring, I will just want to mention it because it's brilliant and better than the Nan movie is the latest uh, action spectacle nonsense movie from Michael Bay. Director Michael Bay has left the transforming robots uh, in his backyard garden for now and has given us the movie Ambulance, starring Ambulance. Ambulance. Do you know this movie? No. Okay. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, and Eliza Gonzalez. Three very good... Oh, Eza Gonzalez, sorry. Three very good actors who I enjoy. Um, you, everyone, you, Well, you know who Jake Gyllenhaal is. You know Yahya Abdul-Mateen II? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. do you know Eza Gonzalez? Uh, no. She's in Baby Driver and Godzilla versus King Kong and a couple of other movies. She's a good... She's good. She's a good, sorry. She's good. Um, so, in this movie... Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II play brothers, uh, Danny and Will. Um, the movie obviously tells us quite early on that one of them is an adopted brother because it oh, okay. feels the need to tell us that. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, it opens with Will, Yahya, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II's character, um, on the phone to the insurance people, begging them to approve his wife's uh, surgery, experimental surgery, and they refuse to because he can't afford it and they won't pay for it on the surgery. So he's desperate. So he goes to his brother Danny, who we later learn is a um, famous bank robber. Quite how there can be a Ooh. famous bank robber in the world without him being arrested already uh, isn't really questioned by the movie. And um, <laughs> Will begs Danny for okay. the money for this operation. And uh, Danny says, you're in luck will because actually i'm about to go and do one of my iconic bank robberies and if you come with me i'll share the winnings with you so in what appears to be the most poorly planned uh bank robbery in history um jake john hall just at the last minute adds his own brother to the crew they go off to rob the bank everything goes wrong will ends up shooting a police officer um and when the ambulance comes to take the police officer and help them due to a series of uh, events transpiring, Jake Gyllenhaal and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II escape from the scene in this ambulance, one of them driving it, one of, in the, one of them in the back holding the police officer that's been shot and the paramedic that is attending him, played by Isa Gonzalez, hostage. And then the entire rest of the movie is a protracted two-hour-long chase scene where the police are trying to chase down this ambulance and safely stop it without injuring the police officer inside. Now, professional film critics oh. have, have, have slandered this movie, picking apart plot holes such as if the life of this police officer in the back of the ambulance is so important, why do 10,000 police officers die when police cars explode in this movie, which happens about once every 20 seconds? And that's a fair point, but... Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I bet they all... I bet Mark Commode would give Saving Private Ryan a five-star review. Yeah, ambulance, for some reason, isn't tr isn't afforded the same level of respect. Um, it's absurd. Yeah. It's an absurd, stupid movie. But I adore Michael Bay's style when he's doing these kinds of films. So, you know, The Rock... Um, Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, Armageddon, like when he mm. is at his highest peak of melodrama, I, I really yeah. enjoy it. And um, he, I, I, I thought Ambulance was brilliant. I really, really liked it. I'm not going to defend it as like a piece of art uh, in his, beyond just the fact that I think that 
it's fine to enjoy a stupid action movie and if you're going to pick holes in the plot then go ahead and do that but i liked it a lot jake gyllenhaal does some of the greatest um screaming and yelling and grunting that i've ever seen anyone do in this movie so um yeah, it's pretty. It's nice. pretty spectacular, and it's pretty great. And I'm, 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 I'm excited to see Yahya Abdul-Mateen uh, the second headline a big blockbuster piece of entertainment because that guy is great. And um, I yeah. just think the world needs to be more and more aware of him and the work he's doing. So yeah, no, Ambulance was brilliant. And that's all of the films I have for you uh, this week. And that is that. And um, yeah, the Nan movie was uh, was what? Yeah, go and watch the Nan movie. Sounds great. Yeah. So a week ago, it was the annual big pat ourselves on the back festival called the Academy Awards. Yeah. Yeah. And it passed by broadly without incident. It was fairly dull. But yeah. um, <laughs> But we need to talk about it briefly because me and you did a prediction special and we need to check in and see who won. Yeah. Yeah. It was me. I won. But let's break it down uh, so we can we can examine exactly how well I destroyed you in this competition. Um, Thank you. Let's go for the categories quickly. We won't spend loads of time on this. But best original screenplay, we both said Licorice Pizza. Do you remember who won? Yeah. Who Belfast. Won? Belfast. Kenneth Branagh winning his first ever Oscar. I I think you probably don't agree that this was the correct winner. No. No. Absolutely not. And maybe I agree as well, but equally, I was surprised that Kenny Fran has never never won an Oscar before and I was a bit like, I oh, do you know what? Yeah, I was surprised. Let's let's let oh. I'm I'm happy for Kenneth Branagh to walk away from the evening with an Oscar. So Yeah. You know, take it. Take it where you can get it. Um one of your one of your rare victories over me next. Uh <laughs> Thank you. Best adapted screenplay. I said the power of the dog. You said Coda. Coda. Coda was the one point for me. Yeah, one point Coda. for you. Um, yeah. Up next is the start of the strategy that paid off for me big time is uh, the first big technical award, which is best visual effects. Yeah. I said Dune. You said Dune. The winner was Dune. Dune. One point each. Woo-hoo. Yeah, Dune was the big winner of the night, sweeping the technical categories uh, and yeah. s- sweeping me into victory, which is pretty good. Uh, best. <laughs> Best sound, I said Dune, you said Dune, the winner was Dune. Dune indeed. One point each. One point each. Best live action short film, I said The Long Goodbye by Riz Ahmed. You said Alakachu Take and Run, the winner was yeah. The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye. <sighs> yeah, sorry. Good. Uh, short film animated, uh, I said Robin Robin, you said Robin Robin. And <laughs> yeah. surprising, I think everyone. The windshield wiper was the winner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've literally not even seen a frame of that. I don't know what it is, but sure. I'm, no. I'm sure it's great. No. Um, production design. I said Dune. You said West Side Story. The winner was. Dune. Dune. Best original song. We both plumped for No Time to Die. And of course, Billie Eilish took home the Oscar. And um, did you see the performance? No, I didn't watch the performance actually. Oh, great, very good, uh, very good. I heard that I heard it was a really boring ceremony and nothing interesting happened, so I didn't bother watching any of the uh, clips from it. 
Um, Nothing interesting happening. No. Nope. Yeah. Best original score. We both went for Dune, and the winner was correctly Dune. Dune. Hans Zimmer taking yeah. away uh, an Oscar. I don't think the first one is ever won. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling. The we both said the eyes of Tammy Faye, and the winner yeah. was the eyes of Tammy Faye. And having seen it, do you yeah. agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Andrew Garfield's hair even the... looks pretty wild in that film. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing, and also uh, Jessica Chastain they completely changed her. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit of a thing where you win an Oscar if you put loads of prosthetics on in 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 the Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which played played well for Jessica Chastain, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, da, 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 da. international feature film. We both said Drive My Car, and the winner was. Drive my car. Having seen the worst person in the world yeah. and drive my car, what do you think? I have to. I. I. I think the it should have gone to the worst person in the world. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I really want to watch Drive My Car. I'm going to try and watch it soon. It's just gone up on uh, yeah. Mubi in the UK. But it's yeah, it's three hours uh, long. Well, we both watched. Yeah, and we both watched uh, The Worst Person in the World and, you know. Yeah, stay stay tuned later for much more talk of that uh, in a future episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, God, that movie is something. Uh, film editing next. I said Dune. You said The Power of the Dog. The winner was Dune. Dune. Mm-hmm. Dune winning most awards it was nominated for other than the big one, I think. Um, yeah. Documentary short, short subject. I said The Queen of Basketball. You said Lead Me Home. The winner was... The Queen of Basketball. Queen of Basketball. So one point to you. Yeah. Have you watched Lead Me Home out of interest? No. It's on Netflix. I haven't watched it, but I just I it? noticed it the other day. Um, best documentary. Uh, I said Summer of Soul, whether when, when the revolution could not be televised. You said Summer of Soul, whether when, when the revolution could not be televised. And the winner was Summer of Soul. Yeah. Or when the revolution could not be televised. So there we go. Uh, Best director, I said Jane Campion. You said Jane Campion. And Jane Campion indeed took home the trophy. Although I I think the winner should have been Denny Villeneuve, but he wasn't even nominated in just... Oh, it should have been, yeah. Uh, Costume design, I said Cruella. You said West Side Story. And Cruella took it home. Yeah. But I think I still, yeah. I mean, West Side Story would have been a really worthy winner. I, I think that the... Costumes in that film are great. Yeah. Uh, cinematography, we both said Dune. Dune won. Animated feature film, we both said Encanto. Encanto, Encanto. won. That was good. That was happy. Oh, did, did you did you watch less than? Oh, well, you haven't watched anything. Uh, there's the song uh, we don't talk about Bruno, and it was the most you know probably like the biggest song in the past few months yeah. on TikTok and social media, and it was so under. It was so. Bad. It was really badly yeah, I mean, performed. I did tell. I told a little fib before. I did watch one clip from the Oscars because people said it was worth worth checking out, and it was the "We Don't Talk About Bruno" performance. Yeah, it's pretty rubbish. It was so bad. It feels like the the Oscars just took any. I don't know. Those kind of shows just bring the. I don't know the the soul out of like art. I don't know. It's just it, it was just weird. It's such a good song. It is such a good song, and it just had nothing. And then they 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 abandoned the song halfway through to let Megan the Stallion do a, yeah. do a rap, which is I mean, why was Megan the Stallion singing? I don't know. And how did she know Zendaya oh, was, was... going to be sat there? That was how did she know? Oh no, she probably ju- what well, I don't know. Or was Maybe she was she just she was it just was that just like freestyle? Did she do a did she turn up to the Oscars and do a freestyle? Wow, 
that's insane though like that was a bad like you can't ruin that song my my kids sing it every day and yeah. it's fun to hear my sing singing it my kids singing it and yeah and i don't know i really like stephanie beatrice and she was barely got to do, yeah. do anything none of the actual people that do the song anyway like, never mind it was pretty disappointing never mind um Anyway, actress in a supporting role, we both said Ariana DeBose, and um, it was Ariana DeBose. And I didn't realise she plays the bullet in Hamilton, I recently realised, which is... Oh. And I think I remember you pulling her out as being one of the things in it that you liked when you did watch Hamilton. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I remember you mentioning that she was like, she was good. I really like her, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. Um... Actress in a leading role, Jessica Chastain, and it was Jessica Chastain, we both said that. Actor in a supporting role, we both said Troy Kutzer, and it was Troy Kutzer. And having watched Coda in the last week, yes, he's he's great in Mm. that film. Um, Actor in a leading role, I said (laughs) Will Smith. Uh, You said Benedict Cumberbatch, and the winner was Will Smith. Uh, Moving on, best picture... Um, yeah. The big uh, definitely. I'm sorry, but Will Smith did not deserve this Oscar. Uh, I think it was either Benedict Cumberbatch or uh, Andrew Garfield. After watching Tick Tick Boom, Andrew Garfield was incredible in it, and I. It's impossible to be subjective anymore about. <laughs> I don't care what Will Smith did. Um, what I mean is, like, I've even before before the Oscars happened, and I watched Tick Tick Boom. I was like, no, definitely. I mean, Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield was definitely in in position to win. Like, he it was between those two was the was the general conversation. I think. Um, yeah, and I guess Bendit Cumberbatch. It was a bit of a yeah, but I loved Will Smith's performance in King Richard. But I and I haven't seen. From the performances I've seen, I would have given it to Will Smith, but I haven't seen Tick Tick Boom yet, so I can't say. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. And the last one for me, best picture. We both said Coda. the power of the dog, and the winner was yeah, Coda. Coda which uh, what do you th- have? You, I mean, you having seen um, pretty much all the nominees, what do you think? It was definitely not a best picture. Yeah, but isn't it weird that you gave it a like, glowing review last week? And it's now, the, now the temptation is to sort of slightly bash it. But no, no, no. Like, but like I said it was a great film. Yeah, I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. But it's not a best picture film. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I enjoy the film. It's not a best picture film. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think Coda's a best picture film. Like, I really enjoyed it. But it, The Power of the Dog is a best picture film. Dune is a best picture film. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, and I think best in my opinion, but I, I've realised that the Oscars are just ridiculous. Um, a ridiculous performance of nonsense. I've, I, I, it's a great film, but it's, it, you, you put Dune next to Coda. Coda does not beat Dune. No. Here's my problem with the ending of Coda. And I don't want to, I won't spoil it, but light, skip two minutes ahead if you don't want like light spoilers about the sort of slight, the, mm. the ending of Coda. The deaf characters who throughout the movie are secondary to the main character, and it is called Coda, which stands for Child of Deaf Adults. So she is yeah. the main character. Her yeah. story, you know, is given an ending. Her her arc is finished. And then the deaf family around her, their arc is completed during a montage. It just has a montage of being like, oh, and all their problems were solved as well. And it doesn't really give any of them 
actual a moment mm. to, to a moment for their story to finish. They yeah. it's just done through a montage without any dialogue, yeah. and it does feel like mm. it shortchanges the characters that. When people are celebrating the movie Coda, they're celebrating things like the performance by Troy Kotzer, the performance by Marley Martin. Yeah. The, the, these are the performances, these are the characters, these are the people in it that people really connected with. And it almost yeah. feels like that's all secondary, as far as the film is concerned, mm. to the journey of the daughter. And, like, she obviously, she isn't strictly... Uh, she has her own issues and problems to deal with. Mm. But it's not necessarily. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know entirely how I feel about it. I. I thought the movie was good, but I think there are scenes in this movie that are bad, and they are the scenes between her and her singing teacher. Oh, her singing teachers are terrible, terrible. <laughs> but 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 it's a good fit. Like it's an enjoyable film to watch. Yeah, yeah it's an enjoyable like, film to watch. That's why I had good reviews, and that's and if I, I I'm I'm shocked that is one against. Films like Dune and The Power of the Dog. Me too. Me too. Well, yeah. <clears throat> well, that is but, you know. that is that's the Oscars. Yeah. Okay, tell me what you thought about the let's shape of water. Let's do homework. Ah, let's do homework. Sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now let's do homework so the oscars are finished nothing oh, happened oh actually one final thing to say about the oscars there was something that we should discuss quickly um yeah. the final scores were alex 14 me 19 i think i only got three of the categories wrong pretty good performance um feel free to tell me that i'm good and then we'll move on uh yes yeah, so the shape of what <laughs> You are great. You are you are a great uh, Oscar um, award um, predictor. Thank you. Okay. Carry could on. you have predicted? Could you have predicted the controversy that happened in the Oscars? Probably not. What, how though. how bad that we don't talk about Bruno performance was going to be? I probably could have predicted yeah. that actually because it just felt like a song that's difficult to perform live outside of the context of the film, and the choices probably. the choices that they made actively sabotaged. It. So they started from a place of weakness and then made it worse. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Shape of Water. Yeah. Shape of Water. So my homework, uh, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed our top five um, best picture winners, uh, Oscar winners. And uh, one of your choices uh, was The Shape of Water, which is a film directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yes. I love his name. And it stars uh, Sally Hawkins, Octavia Spencer, Michael Shannon, Doug Jones, which he was also, which I didn't realise, in Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. And he was the guy with the hands. He plays the fawn as well. He plays two roles in that film. I plays the phone as well. Mm. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Richard uh, Jenkins and et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's a fable, another fable. He likes these kind of things. Definitely. A, in uh, set in America, I think in the 1960s. And um, this mute uh, girl, woman, uh, works in this uh, facility, top secret facility, 
where uh, she uh, forms an interesting and unique relationship with an amphibious creature man thing yeah uh and uh who has been taken away from his uh uh native waters and has been taken to america and is being used as leverage against uh the russians um there is a horrible man uh played by Michael Shannon who's horrific mm. um that uh, is torturing this uh, creature and so uh Elisa Esposito this janitor uh, tries to uh, liberate this creature uh so this film is very beautiful to watch. Is you know, it's Benicio del Toro, so it looks really Benicio. No, it's not called Benicio. It's called Guillermo. Benicio is another one. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Benicio is the other guy. Um, this uh, this film is beautiful to watch. Uh, Guillermo del Toro managed to like make it every everything very like stylistically beautiful, and um, uh, the characters are kind of nice so the characters that you like you really like mm. you know uh, Elisa Esposito uh, the mute janitor played by Sally Hawkins um, you really like her because you know she's got a sad story but she was also like quite happy and she seems to be quite happy with her life she's quite quirky and stuff so the characters you like you really like mm-hmm. the characters you hate you really hate mm-hmm. like Michael Shannon Richard Strickland who is a disgusting man um the problem is i just didn't i didn't care for anything of this film <laughs> like i felt i didn't get the fact that she suddenly falls in love with this weird guy like she suddenly has a connection with this amphibian guy. I don't I didn't get why she had to masturbate every morning. I didn't get the eggs thing. I don't know why <laughs> the family of Richard of Michael Shannon was involved. I just didn't Well, I think it was I think there was sort of Showing that there was more humanity in the the monster than there was in his character, it was like juxtaposing his lack of humanity and how awful he was, and showing some of his background versus the the thing that he thought was a monster with no humanity in it actually was much more human or what we would you know had traits that we would consider human. Yeah, but it's just you've done it again, Guillermo. Like we've seen it in Pan's Labyrinth. It it was just too, it was kind of predictable, and it it just felt really wooden for me. I just didn't I didn't like. I just thought it was. Uh, I didn't like it. I I was really frustrated with it. Um, I thought it was beautiful to watch, and it was like a nice thing to watch. But I I felt really, I did I couldn't, I couldn't feel emotional attachment to it. I didn't care if anybody died or they didn't die uh the what happens at the end i thought it was really 
predictable. I felt like certain things were not necessary. It was just to add some. Like I, I, I can tell you that this Richard Strickland was an asshole without you telling me that his home life was this terrible. I don't understand why he had to. His fingers had to go in gangrene. I. It just. It just felt like it was just a film. Like it was just like uh, pattern, pattern, pattern. Done. Finish. We've done the film. And um, I didn't like it. Wow. Sorry. Fair enough. No, it's okay. And I can't believe Octavia Spencer got a, got a nomination for that as the best supporting actress. Yeah, but I mean, that film that year just got, it, it was just the film of the year kind of thing. I guess. But a good thing about the film, it was acted very well by everyone. <laughs> they, everybody did a good job in the acting. Sure. Yeah. They did, you know, at least, uh, uh, Sally Hawkins is pretty amazing. And I saw, you know, even in, in Spencer, she was amazing. So, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. No, that's fair. That's okay. I don't know what it was. I just, I just felt like it could have been much better. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I'm fair. sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I watched Amadeus. Yeah. Which is uh, a film, the Best Picture winner uh, from 19... Well, it came out in 1984, so it would have won in 1985. Uh, directed by Milos Forman and adapted by Peter Schaefer from his own play Amadeus, telling the story of uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart through the eyes of Antonio Salieri, played by F. Marie Abram, who also won Best Actor uh, for the movie. Mm. And um, sort of takes place... In largely in, uh, somewhere in Italy, I think. I don't remember. Vienna it takes place in Vienna, yeah. um, where Mozart is sort of hired by the emperor to um write plays and be a general composer about town, I suppose, and um, yeah, charts the. Rivalry between him and Salieri, who is not gifted in the same way uh, as uh, Amadeus. Um, I couldn't find this, despite being a, an important movie, apparently, I couldn't find this anywhere to stream online. So I had to, and it's <laughs> never been released on Blu-ray in the UK. So I had to buy, okay. I had to buy the DVD off ebay oh, wow and uh, i accidentally bought the director's cut so i got the three hour long version of amadeus okay um so i sat down one sunday evening for three hours <laughs> three hours is a long time isn't it yeah and watched this movie and f murray abraham is very good in it um yeah tom hulch tom hulch tom hulse uh, who plays Mozart is better. I thought. I think he's he's really good in this movie, um, as Mozart and plays him as a very irritating man, and um, yeah, the rest of the supporting cast are fairly good. Although no one else is in it for that long. Jeffrey Jones, who is a mm. disgraced sex offender, um, is he? Yep, plays the emperor, and uh, Jesse Jones, Jeffrey Jones, um, Jeffrey Jones, Jeffrey Jones, and um. Wow, why is everybody called Jeffrey? Is a is he is he a sex offender? Yeah. What? I did not know that. Yeah. yeah you won't see him in when, any films when? today. 
I don't know, since like the mid no, you don't. The mid-2000s, I think. Wow. That, he was like the face of our films when we were growing up. Yeah, Beetlejuice, this. Wow. There were others. Oops. Terrible. <laughs> um, and ultimately, I uh, had a terrible time. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> Uh, did you like the music at least? No, I don't like classical music. Uh, I liked the stuff that I already recognised through like having a, a connection with it. Uh, the rest of it I thought was bland and crap. I didn't like it. And um, I don't care about the story and it does the thing that biopics do that I hate where none of it's even true. Like Salieri didn't kill Mozart. They had a friendly rivalry at best is all that the historical evidence points towards. So... The entire plot of the movie, similar to Spencer, but yeah. unlike Spencer, Spencer at least owns up to this at the start, whereas Amadeus would would have you believe it is a, a document of real events, is in fact entirely mm. made up and impossible to back up. And even the incredibly annoying laugh that's like a key character trait of Mozart has no basis in uh, reality. Um, mm. And so it's really just a fictional story of two men who happen to share the names of two real people. And mm. um, I I just thought it was really boring. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I, d- I don't know why it was three hours long. I d- it didn't seem to have enough of a plot to justify being three hours long. It just was like an endless procession of scenes. So It's not supposed to be three hours longer though, isn't it? Well, it's only 20 minutes longer, so it, it would be two hours and 40 minutes yeah. otherwise. Okay, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> to agree to disagree on, on the homework this week. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. In a way, yeah, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't say, but it, it is, like, it is a fictional film. Like, it... it yeah, it's it, called Amadeus it and it doesn't, be... it, you know, you would assume that it's telling the, the, the true story. Yeah, but Spencer, it's called Spencer. It's not telling well, us like the truth. Like you said, it like, says at the I think start it was a kind it's of... a fable, right? Yeah, but this is a Spencer was made in twenty twenty one. Um, this is made in if I think is not if Amadeus was made now, they probably say this is an an idea of what we think that would be. But Maybe, at the time, they didn't because they didn't have to explain themselves. And I think if Spencer was made in nineteen eighty four, it probably would have been the same. Well, it would have been just a f- set in the past. Like what? It couldn't have been made in. No, it would have been. It would have been like they wouldn't have said, "Oh, this is this is our imagination of what things went." In the future, so, but oh, sh- oh, oh, you're, oh, you're being annoying now. You're being, you're being that guy right now. Well done, George. So great, great homework we gave each other. Well, it's good that we don't have the same opinions. Uh, no, it's probably for the best that we don't have the same opinions because that's what makes it interesting. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, should we move on to discussing our top five for the week? Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one, our top five. So it's a bit of a, it's a sort of odd one this week where we're doing a, not an odd one as such, but we have picked out five actors who have given performances broadly across the last year that we have enjoyed. So it's our sort of 2022 
performance review. Let's call it that. So, <clears throat> you to start this week, I believe. So, yeah. where, where, what do you have for us? Okay, so I've chosen a different uh, uh, from different films that I've watched and um, TV series as well. Mm. Or Netflix series, because I don't watch TV, but I watch Netflix. We can, yeah. So, at my uh, number, it, it was quite hard, actually, because there's, there's been some very good performances uh, this uh, year in TV and film. And so my uh, number five is a character from our loved uh, TV series, The White Lotus. Okay. Murray, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Oh, yeah. Uh, that plays Armand in The White Lotus. Nice. Good pick. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've chosen him because he's so, he's so uh, versatile and different and amazing. And from the start of this series till the end he just becomes a completely different character and he portrays it in an incredible way and uh you love him you hate him uh you feel you feel worried for him uh you think he's silly and your emotions change so much in the series about um Armand and I think he's an incredible uh an incredible performance of his Agreed. He's amazing in that uh, in that show. And I had you ever seen him in anything else before? No, I haven't actually. No, never had I. And he um, he just sort of steals like it's full of people you've seen in stuff before, like Alexandra Daddario and um, mm. Connie Britton and Sydney Sweeney that you'd have seen already in Euphoria and stuff. And then he just manages yeah. to be kind of amazing and un- untou- mm. untouchable so uh i agree yeah. i like it good pick yeah what's your number five my number five is um someone who i've already mentioned uh in today's episode uh for Ooh. one of the one of the two movies over the past year i've seen him in that i've really enjoyed and it is yaya abdul mateen ii ah mm. Who is from this performance? No, not necessarily. So, the main one is the twenty twenty one sort of reimagining of Candyman. Okay, yeah, yeah, in which he plays a character called Anthony McCoy, uh, who is mm. going through throughout the movie goes through a sort of transformation and possession by the spirit known mm. as Candyman, and kind of has to deal with that throughout the movie. And there's lots of little. Like, I really like that movie, and he brings lots of odd little flourishes and touches to his performance as he's acting um, out the story of this man kind of falling apart both internally and externally. And um, mm. he does it really well, and I just I just think he's great in everything I've ever seen him in, and um, he's one of my favourite sort of actors at the moment. He's somebody who, when, I've, when I see him coming up in stuff, I'm like, I get excited about that he's in it. Um, mm. Like Ambulance, I was really excited to see it because he was in it. Uh, the Matrix 4, I was really excited to see because he was in it, despite 
liking that movie very much in the end. But <laughs> yeah. um, that's not necessarily because of him, although he is being asked to emulate Lawrence Fishburne, which is like an impossible task. And I think he does it as well as you could hope anybody would. And um, mm. yeah, no, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is good. He's great. And he's got a very good name, so he should continue. Yeah. Um, yeah, great name. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of him? I really liked him. In fact, today I was looking and because these years have been really strange, I was like, did Watchmen come out last year or the year before? It came out ages ago, didn't uh, it? I, yeah, no. And I was like, oh, I wonder. And then it came out ages ago. Well, two years ago, not ages. But like, but, it feels um, like, like, that feels like a long time, doesn't it? Yeah. And so then I saw him, I was like, oh, I can't put him because he was great in it as well. So uh, I kind of thought about him uh, in my uh, list today. Yeah. No, he's great. I like him. Mm. Cool. Who have you got at number four? My number four is uh, an actor which has just turned into actor, singer, in the first place and now actor Alana Haim in Licorice Pizza. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Uh I I really like her in this film and I really liked her performance and I have I I I've um I spent quite a bit thinking about her in this film because I think she was so natural in it mm-hmm. and so um it was kind of like her part and she played it really well. And I, I'm amazed that she didn't get a nomination for best actress. I know I'd have really thought she'd have been sort of nailed on for one. And I think people, people assumed she was, I think licorice pizza, people thought licorice pizza was going to get way more sort of Oscar buzz than it did. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I, but I thought she was amazing in it. And she, as a first film, she, she carried it and every time she was on screen, she was mesmerizing. Yeah. So I I really liked her in this film and I think um I I, I think about her in this film and I'm like, oh, that that's the best part of Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. Alana Heim. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Yeah, so that's my number four. I like it. It's good. Um yeah, she's she's wonderful in that film. And you think about like Paul Thomas Anderson is a is a, like that's a director that's worked with Daniel Day Lewis a couple of times, yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman quite a lot. Uh, yeah, he, you know he's worked with some incredible, really respected actors, and to kind of put her mm. at the front and center of a film is kind of a bit not a risk for him necessarily, but is you know mm. quite a big deal for her, and she she rises to that occasion really well, and yeah. and that that just yeah. works. It's it's brilliant. She's she's yeah. fantastic in it. Um, yeah, no, good choice. Um, okay, uh, my number four is also an actor that is in The White Lotus. Um, oh. But I've gone with the person who sort of surprised me the most over the course of the series, uh, along with Murray Bartlett, and that is Sydney Sweeney as Cassie ah. Howard. Because I've also seen her for the first time in Euphoria this year, because I haven't watched Euphoria before. Mm. So a combination of um, her in Euphoria and her in... The White Lotus, I just think she's pretty, seems quite effortlessly, naturally just good at playing these characters that she's mm. playing, particularly yeah. in, like she plays such yeah. a sort of deeply 
flawed and unpleasant mm. uh, teenager in The White Lotus, and she does such a great job in that show of um, navigating the kind of ins and outs of particularly her relationship with her best friend. Yeah. It. And... Um, yeah, I just thought she was really memorable. Mm. And like the scenes where she's really horrible to Alexandra Daddario as well. I think she just plays them really well and just generally mm. um is is great. So uh yeah. Yeah, Sydney Sweeney. And she's really good in Euphoria as well, from what I've seen. Um Yeah. Uh I've, yeah. Have you managed to see the second season? I haven't yet, no. But I will. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. There's there's a little bit more more fun in the second season yeah. than in the first. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> the first season is very like there's a lot of tears and things. Very, yeah. yeah. Oh, and in the second season, there's a lot of tears, especially from Sydney Sweeney. Sweeney, you'll see a different performance from her in this season. But interesting. Um, yeah. Um, but there's like there's yeah. an episode of the Euphoria, the first season, where it sort of tells the story of her, the last time she saw her father. Um, yeah. And yeah, just yeah, just good, just good stuff. Um, yeah, so that's my number four. What's your number three? My number three is an actor that is in Euphoria Ooh. and uh, is uh, Zendaya uh, that plays Rue Bennett in uh, Euphoria. Nice. And MJ in yeah. Spider Man No Way Home. And, and MJ, blue eyed girl in Dune. And <laughs> blue eyed girl in Dune. Probably the best performance in Dune, but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think her performance in uh, uh, in Euphoria in one of the episodes that I talked about, uh, where is basically just her having uh, issues uh, of um, with her addiction, um, just completely set her in a different acting world for me and i think she's uh, she's great mm. and uh, she's amazing mm. very busy she does everything yeah, she is busy see her everywhere. Yeah. yeah she's got a good <laughs> yeah, work ethic but, um yeah so carry on like that and uh you know now that her partner has uh, retired from acting for a while she can uh... <laughs> mm. hmm. maybe he just wants to spend some quality you know, time I, with I, her like, um... I'm not. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but maybe, like, like normal people do need a break sometimes. Yeah. Like I need a break from my job right now, but I don't have the money of the or the means of an actor, so I can't. Exactly. So that's fine. I don't want to know about it. Shut up about it. <laughs> not you. Don't. Not, I don't mean yeah. you. If you need a break, you can tell me about oh, it. Oh, you hate me. I don't care if Tom Holland wants a break. He can take a break without telling the world he's taking a break. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Any time a celebrity announces a temporary retirement or whatever, it's just stupid nonsense. Except for Bruce Willis, that's very sad news, and I'm really upset about it. Oh, I know. That's terrible. Yeah. I feel sad for him. Do you know how many director video movies he's made in the past two years? No. Twenty-three. Oh my god! You know, oh, he's been very busy. Do you know how many movies Daniel Day Lewis has made in his entire career? How Twenty-one. Many? Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, apparently, Bruce Willis had a stipulation in his contract that he wasn't allowed to be on set for more than two days for any of those films, and he wasn't allowed to work for more than eight hours a day. Although in reality, that was actually four hours a day. So he was making movies in eight hours. Um, and I think 
I don't know, maybe you have to question his management team for thinking that that was an acceptable way to treat somebody who is quite clearly not well. And I'm glad that he's now, you know, seemingly able to rest. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But why did he make so many movies? Uh, I don't know. He's not said publicly. I would, I, you could hazard a guess that maybe he knew that he was getting sick and wasn't going to be able to work for much longer. And maybe he wanted to make hay while the, su- while the sun shone, as it were, and make as much money as possible before he wasn't able to make money anymore. To, I don't know, Aww. to have stuff to leave for his family, to have, to have I, don't, I don't know, stuff to live on. Maybe he has debts, who knows? But I think he was getting, I think Aww. he was getting $2 million per film. So he's, you know, that's, that's $46 million potentially <laughs> over the past two years. Yeah. Not a terrible payday. Um, no. But I'm glad that he's stopped if he's not well. It's good that he's um, yeah. decided to stop. Mm. Yeah. But moving on. Moving on number three. <laughs> my number three is uh, an, a TV, uh, again, a TV performance, or at least a Netflix performance. And it is uh, my current favourite comedian, the person who can make me laugh with almost any line that comes out of his mouth. And it is Tim Robinson. Ah, for yeah. his uh, performance in the second season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, which is the funniest thing on TV. I think you should TV. leave. I think you should leave. No, I'm not going to leave. I'm staying right here. Uh, I love Tim Robinson. I think he is this perfect sort of hidden gem of that Netflix have found and made the right choice and given him his own show. And um, I just think he's incredible. I think that he's very mm. funny. The way he delivers lines is just able to tickle me every single time he does it. And I, I watch his show over and over again. And um, I think they recently announced that he's making a show for HBO called Computer School, where he go where it's like him and his uncle are going to go. It's a sitcom where he goes to computer school with his uncle or something, and that sounds uh, brilliant. And I'm, I'm here for anything that Tim Robinson is going <laughs> to do uh, because he's the best. So yeah, that's my number three. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> it is good though. Like it is. It. I just. I'm just not very good with the cringe. Uh, my number two. Uh, my number two is a performance that I already spoke about uh, in this episode, uh, and uh, I feel like he should definitely should have won best actor uh, in the Oscars or anywhere else, and that's uh, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Boom. And of course. Yeah, and of course in um, the eyes of Tammy Faye, but uh, the one that I thought was really and um, and uh, and 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 I keep forgetting Spider Man uh, is time to go home. <laughs> That's what it's called. Don't wear it out. It's dinner time. Spider Man dinner time. <laughs> it's a Spider Man dinner. Spider Man, get your uh, little butt in here now and eat these chips, Spider Man. Eat this little bun of bread. Uh, and yeah, I think he's great. He's a versatile actor. He's uh, just the three films that we have talked about. He plays three completely different people. And they do look like three completely different people. Mm. Uh, and um, although in Tammy Faye, he did use a lot of makeup. But in Tick, Tick, Boom, he didn't use any makeup. And it still wasn't the same person as uh, Peter Parker in Spider-Man. Great actor. I'm going to watch more of his films because he's... Are you going to watch his Spider-Man films? Yeah. Yeah. Um, My cat. Just a moment. My my cat. My cat. My cat. My cat. My cat. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch Spider-Man films. I'm going to watch all of his films because I've become a fan. Good stuff. Fan, fan, fan. Uh, there's a bit... I've not watched Tick, Tick, Boom, but there's a bit on Netflix where you hover over Tick, Tick, Boom. The thing, You know when you hover over something on Netflix, it shows you a little clip? Yeah. The little yeah. clip it shows of Tick, Tick, Boom is him just yelling, I've been trying to write a song for a week. And uh, it always makes me laugh because out of context it sounds... Really funny to have somebody just yelling that. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's great. I love I love Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And um, yeah. So. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe we should do a, an Andrew Garfield special once you've watched the Spider Man movies and I've watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye and um, Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. And yeah. Hacksaw Ridge. Ooh. Hacksaw Ridge. It's a Mel Gibson World War Two movie that Andrew Garfield starred in. Mm. But, I don't think I want to watch that. Uh, it's me- it's meant to be very good. Okay. Yeah, he plays a so plays a soldier who was a pacifist, refused to hold a gun, but uh, dedicated himself to dragging injured soldiers off the battlefield and saving their lives, and uh, ended up being considered a, a war hero, despite never having fu- having fired it? a gun. No, I've not seen it, but I the the story sounds interesting, and I would like to see it. But I think it's one of those movies that's very long, mm. so I never um sit down and watch it. Yeah. Uh, Too long. Yeah, well, that's your number two. Your number two. My number two is yes. um, uh, an actress who I love and have loved in everything I've seen her in, and particularly in the past year, her starring role in the sitcom Kevin Can F Himself uh, endeared her to me even more. Ah, yeah. And it is Annie Murphy, who I think is absolutely fantastic Ooh. in everything she's done, and uh, she's great in Shit's Creek, and... Um, she was great in Kevin Can F himself, which I think I liked more than you or anyone else I know who's watched it. And maybe it's because of my... Uh... I liked Kevin Can F himself. No, I know you did, but I think I was... I thought it was like a master... I don't know. I, I really like uh, sitcoms and the art of making sitcoms and thinking about sitcoms. And like that show is such a sort of deconstruction of traditional American sitcom stuff uh, that I really fell for it. I, I loved it. Mm. Um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't mm. trying to imply that you didn't like it. I just meant that <laughs> I... Uh, I really loved it. And I think she does such a good, like she's asked to do such a tricky thing in that show of like veering um, within scenes mm. between the like multi-camera uh, sitcom style and then the single camera sort of drama Breaking Bad-esque style. And she does it, uh, yeah. all the actors that are asked to do that do it effortlessly, but she, um, she, she does, she just does great work. And I love that show and I love her. And um, I hope we see much more of her in the future, Annie Murphy. Well done. Oh, is there is a new season of uh, Kevin Kenneth himself going to come? Uh, at some point, yes. Yeah, mm. I think they've they've already said it's only going to have two seasons. I think. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's something that could go on for any longer. Yeah, exactly. So I think they've said that. I th- I think it'll get. Yeah, they're going to wrap it up. I think it'll get a little bit too much. Mm. What's your number one? Who? What could possibly be better than Andrew My- Garfield? Uh, it's a doctor of a film that we're going to do a special on in the next couple of weeks. And her name is Renate Rainsvi. And uh. she is uh, uh, Julia in the film um, The Worst Person in the World. She's the titular worst person in the world. She's the worst person in the world. And I loved the performance. And I think she. I need to see more of her because, like, she's got the effort, effortlessness. 
effort the effort for effortlessness. Le effortlessness. The effortlessness. The effortlessness of somebody that is just meant to act and make you feel act. things that you didn't know you felt before and <clears throat> carry a film like the worst person in the world in the best way possible. Mm. And with just the expression in her face. And I think she's incredible. Amazing. Love her. Agreed. She's amazing in that movie. And we'll talk mm. about it much more. But uh, yeah, she's good. And yeah. she's a carpenter in real life as well, apparently. Is yeah, she? she almost she almost gave up acting and was just going to be a full time carpenter, and then um, the the director of this movie sort of got in touch and uh, cast her in it and stuff. And I imagine we'll be seeing much more of her as a result because she is incredible in it. Good choice for number one. I like it. Uh, she's wonderful. Um, okay, are you ready for my number one? Yeah. Okay, my number one is uh, another Netflix actor. Um, Give, has given, in my opinion, the best performance of the past year uh, by some distance. I thought that his performance in this TV show was astounding. Um, mm -hmm. And, and like, you look through this guy's filmography and he's never done anything like this before, and I don't know where he found the the sort of voice and where he found the energy that he brings to this role, but it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. The actor is Hamish Linklater, um, and he plays Father Paul in the oh. Netflix series Midnight Mass. Mm. And um, I still need to watch mm. that one. And uh, yeah, mm. he uh, he just the, there are these sequences in Midnight Mass where he is giving a sermon. Um, you know, because he's playing a priest, so he's giving sermons at the church, and you know these are extended mm. monologues, five, six, seven minutes long. And you can't look away. You can't stop looking at it. Like, mm. he just commands the screen. It's the most charismatic performance I've seen in such a long time. And I just think that it's sort of this almost impossible thing that you, it sh nothing should be able to be this well done, but he's done it. And I, I just I just love it. And a lot of it comes down to the writing from um, Walt Flanagan. Is it Walt Flanagan, Midnight Mass? Yeah, yeah, Walt Flanagan, right? Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. Uh, the writing from Mike Flanagan and mm. stuff makes it, you know, helps. But uh, Hamish Linklater's performance is just stunning. So mm. there we go. That's my number one. Nice. Mm, nice indeed. Um, okay. So my uh, top five are Murray Bartlett. Bartlett. Bartlett? Bart Murray Bartlett. Murray, Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. Okay, so my number five is Murray Bartlett. Um, number four, Alana Haim. Number three, Zendaya. Number two, Andrew Garfield. And number one, Renate Rainsvay. Lovely. Five people uh, with nine names between them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Don't confuse me today. It is not the day. Um... My top five was number five, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, number four, Sydney Sweeney, number three, Tim Robinson, number two, Annie Murphy, and number one, Hamish Linklater. Nice. Mm. Honourable mentions? Honourable mentions. Honorable, honorable so, mention. um, I've got a few. Can I tell them, say them Go all? Go on. 
Okay. Uh, Maria Zegler, West Side Story. I thought she was great in it. I've already spoken about it. Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog. And of course, Doctor Strange. Uh, Jude Hill in Belfast. Mm. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm. Uh, Leah Sidhu in The French Dispatch. Oh, yes. Timothée Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson in Dune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe Rebecca Ferguson did not get a... Uh, uh, um, nomination there mm. but you know that's the Oscars uh, Nicolas Cage in Pig in Chuti Gatwa uh, uh, playing Eric F. Young in Sex Education yep. uh, Ho Yun Jung in uh, Squid Game playing Kang Se Byok mm. yeah Lakeith Stanfield in Atlanta and Takayuki Yamada in The Naked Director nice stuff uh, yeah, good choices. I've got some. Um, first of all, I was going to pick somebody from this show and then couldn't because I kind of like everyone in it equally. And so I've got like best ensemble sex education. Oh, yeah. I think everyone's great in that. But you've. You did better than me. That's amazing. What do you mean? Uh, no, yeah, I should have said that. Well, I mean. Because uh, they're amazing. Eric, all of them. Eric is very good, but I just think they're all. They're all yeah. great. Um, and then I've got Zendaya, who's in June, Euphoria, Spider-Man, No Way Home. You've mentioned Willem Dafoe for his performance in Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, Marissa Tomei for Spider-Man, No Way Home. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's so good, right? Timothée Chalamet, Dune, The French Dispatch. Uh, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, correctly given an Oscar. Mass Mickelson for his performance in Another Round. I thought it was great. Uh, oh, yeah. McKenna Grace in Ghostbusters Afterlife is incredible. Um, Alex Wolf in Pig and the Beach That Makes You Old. Uh, Millicent Simmons in A Quiet Place Part 2. Thomas and McKenzie in The Beach That Makes You Old and Last Night in Soho. On your t- Why is it called The Beach That Makes You Old? Isn't it just called Old? It's called The Beach That Makes You Old. Okay. Uh, Annie Taylor Joy, Last Night in Soho, and The Queen's Gambit. That's too old, but yeah, she's great enough. And she does. Alexandra Daddario in The White Lotus. Uh, Sophia Di Martino in Loki. Uh, Owen Wilson okay. in Loki. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen in One Division. Um, Melanie Linsky, New Zealand actress uh, in Yellow Jackets and Don't Look Up. Uh, Sophie Thatcher in Yellow Jackets and The Book of Boba Fett. And Haley Steinfeld in Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. forgot about her. Mm, she's pretty great. Um, yeah, so are we setting each other some homework from these top fives? Yeah. So, uh, I think you watched everything. No, you haven't watched Tick, Tick, I Boom. I haven't, so I need to watch that. Yeah, watch Tick, Tick, tick Boom, tick, boom. please. Okay. Um, you've seen everything other than Candyman and Midnight Mass and I would like to watch Midnight Mass even if it's just the first episode okay Midnight Mass okay yeah Yeah. Um, and have you got any recommendations from your culture catch up for people what's the one thing you would say or two things you would say people should watch or check out Uh, you should watch Tick Tick Boom and uh, ex- and listen to uh, the album uh, from a Japanese uh, rock band, Brahmi, and the album is called Grace. No Lovely question. stuff. Um, and I'm going to recommend that people should watch uh, the Nan movie and Morbius. 
Why? No, just joking. They're, they're terrible. Don't, don't okay. watch them. No, do watch the Nan movie and do watch Morbius because they're both fascinating. Um, bad but uh if for genuine recommendation of a, a good time that you could have uh the lost city and ambulance are both really fun um but the nan movie i mean come on then is it amazing well it i feel like the nan movie is on the precipice of becoming the new the room or birdemic or sharknado in terms of <laughs> how really? fascinatingly terrible it is um like i could i could i could see myself watching the nan movie again to in 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 order to demonstrate to somebody just how bad it is um the nan movie i mean my god jokes about his her grandson being gay in 2022 the thing is, she could have made a better film with the nan in it. Like she didn't have to make a crap she's, film. No, she? she's a talent. She is. I mean, Catherine Tate's a talent. She's she's funny, but she's not a good writer. Maybe she's a funny performer, but I don't know if she's good at writing stuff. Could that mm. be it? Because I've seen her be good in things that she hasn't written, but whenever mm, there's a new there's a show coming out on Netflix called Hard Sell. Which stars her as as a load of different characters in like a women's prison, and that's a comedy. That'd be interesting to see what that's like. Yeah, who, who knows? knows? But the the Nan movie. Um, right. Well, hang on. Oh, 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 oh. that was episode sixty-seven. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, that was episode sixty-seven of uh, the Coach Bucket Podcast. Uh, our top five, uh, well, our twenty twenty-two performance review. Um, join us next week for episode sixty-eight, where we'll be doing a special episode uh, dissecting, pulling apart, and talking about the Nan movie. So join us next week for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> First of all, it's never going to come to this country, the Nan movie. <laughs> Can you imagine if they arrived in Italy and they translate it? Hey, but the Nan is here. Say, come on. Uh, say, um, Arriva Dutchie to the Nan movie. <laughs> no. Ciao. That's not Ciao. going to happen. Ciao, Nan. Um, Ciao. So, what would it be called in, what would the, what, what would the Nan movie translate to in Italian? La nonna. La nonna. La nonna. La nonna. What? Sì. What's the movie in Italian? La nonna. La nonna. Il film. La nonna. Il film. Sì. <laughs> okay. Join us next yeah. week for episode sixty eight. Um, the <laughs> we're going to be pulling apart, dissecting, reviewing, and analyzing the um twenty twenty two. Oscar nomination uh, for Best International Film from Norway, The Worst Person in the World, starring currently Alex's favourite actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So please do join us back again for that. Please get in touch with us if you have any questions or lists of your own or requests for lists for us to do or special episodes for us to do. You can email us on coachbucketpodcast at gmail.com and you can find the links to all of our social media channels in the show notes for this and every episode. Uh, please do come and join us on Instagram, uh, which is where we're most active. 
and um, we look forward to spending more time with you in the future. Please find and rate and review us on all your podcast apps of choice and tell all your friends about us and help us uh, grow a little bit. It would be very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Love you. Love you.